Okay, welcome again to Morning Mindfulness with Rabbi G. We continue the discussion on living in the moment and what that means and how one achieves that, um, particularly with a Jewish perspective using what I call Jewish mindfulness. So we've talked about this idea of living in the moment and living in the moment requiring letting go, letting go of the past, um, not worrying about the future and only isolating that particular moment. Now, that's of course a very difficult thing to do, easier said than done. Most people um, hang on to things from the past, most people um, worry about the future and we've talked about different aspects and perspectives of how not to have the fear last week we talked about replacing the anxiety with other things and how to let go and so on. But today I want to just revisit a perspective that is important. It's a concept, a Jewish idea, based on the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. And it's, it's a good reflection to have. It's a good thing to think about whenever we sort of get trapped in the past or the future. It's a good perspective to have because it's just a reminder when we're sort of getting stuck and unable to move on and unable to be in the moment in a non-distracted way, then this is a good perspective to sort of remind ourselves of and to use it to be able to let go of those things we need to let go in order to be fully in the present. So I'll just begin, before we get to the Baal Shem Tov's idea, then begin by something we've talked about many times that often in mindfulness training, the art of paying attention and the art of being conscious and consciousness is connected with the breathing, with, 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 with our breath. Um, for many reasons, breathing is one of those things that are critical to human existence. It's one of those things that we often don't pay attention to unless we're not well. If we're well, thank God, then we actually don't even remember. We don't, we're not even conscious of the fact that we're breathing properly. So there's many reasons why breath is used as the point of beginning of paying attention, focusing inwards, state of being, and so on and so forth. But we can learn a tremendous lesson from our breathing pattern, our breathing routine, sort of the rhythm of our breath. And that is the fact that every breath is distinct from the other. So there's a couple of stages. We inhale. It fills our lungs. It, it, it gives us the life force that we're supposed to have and then we exhale and that comes to an end and there's a kind of a momentary interruption before we start the next breath so there's that distinct breath rhythm happening each one distinct from the other and it's very much symbolic of what takes place in our life in our experience and in the creation of the world and here's where we come to the theory of the Baal Shem Tov, which I'm going to explain a bit more in detail. We've, we've touched on it before, but let's just revisit it properly. So the Baal Shem Tov taught, and it's based on a verse in Tehillim, a verse in Psalms, where King David says to us, Le'olam Hashem Forever, God, your word, your utterance, is in the heaven. What does that mean? What does it mean, forever, God, your utterance is in the heaven. So the Baal Shem Tov, based on a Midrash, explains the following idea. 
Fundamental to Jewish belief, of course, is that God created the world, created the universe and everything that's in it. We also have a tradition that, that the world was created in the six days of creation and that it was created through what we call the Asara Ma'amarot, the ten utterances. Like God said, let there be light, let there be trees, let there be animals, let there be fish, and finally let there be a man, a human being. And these utterances are the tool that God uses to create the world. It's made up of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, of the alphabet of Lashon HaKodesh, the Holy Tongue as we call it. And God formatted the words, and it's through these words that God creates the the entire universe. Now, it also, Kabbalah explains that, of course, that is not just these ten utterances, but um, everything that is created, it comes from those ten utterances, even though it's not explicit in the ten, in the ten sayings, because every formulation of words that God used to create the universe, every word has numerical values and permutation that can be exchanged with other letters and so on and so forth. Bottom line is that everything that exists in the world, we are taught Kabbalistically, tracks back, traces itself back to one of the ten sayings, one of the ten utterances with which, with which God created the world. Said the Baal Shem Tov and emphasized this point very strongly. That is, is a fundamental mistake to believe that God created the world in the first six days of creation and from then on lets the world run its own course. That is fundamentally incorrect. But rather the Baal Shem Tov introduces this concept which we know in Hebrew in Hasidic terminology as hit'avut tzmidit, constant creation, constant recreation. Which means that the ten utterances which God used to create the world in the first place repeat themselves continuously to recreate the world every moment, every second. And that is what the Baal Shem Tov explained, the meaning of the verse, le'olam Hashem Forever, God, your words are in the heaven, which was, just, which was really meant only as, as an example. What does the heaven mean? So the heaven was created with the utterance, with the saying in the six days of creation. We can, have, we can check this out in the beginning of Bereshit, in the beginning of Genesis, where God said, Yehi rakia, that there should be the expanse, there should be the heaven, Shamaim, heaven, um, on top of the earth, so to speak. Shamayim is called heaven. It refers to the atmospheric expanse that God surrounds the world with, made up of fire and water. That's why it's, the word is Shamayim, heaven, Aish and Mayim, separate discussion. But he creates the heaven with the word Yehirakia. Said the Baal this is what the verse means. Forever God, your word, meaning the utterance that you uttered, let there be a heaven, let there be an expanse, is always in the heaven. Recreating the heaven every moment. In other words, this is itself a beautiful idea. In other words, every creation has a soul. Every creation. Every stone, every fish, every table, everything has a stone. Has a, has a soul, sorry. That soul is that divine spark coming from the words that God utters, continuously utters, so to speak. So the soul of the heaven is Hirakia, let there be a heaven. The soul of the trees is let there be trees. And so on and so forth. 
a soul subdivides into very specific souls for every specific ration. Each, each stone has its separate unique soul. Every person has its unique soul. But everything has a soul recreating it, keeping it alive every second. So the words, let your word, your, your, God, your words is eternal in the heaven. It's just one example. It's, it's the heaven that has the spark of God coming from the utterance, let there be heaven. But every creation is like that. Everything in the entire world continues the Baal Shem Tov and says, because if it wouldn't be that way, the way it's structured, and it's a separate discussion to understand why it's like that, but, but the, way, the way it's designed is that the world is continuously dependent on the recreative force that God instills in every single being. And were it ceased to exist, in other words, were God to cease saying, let there be a heaven, were the spark of godliness, which, con- which contains the creative force coming from the ten utterances, cease to exist within the heaven, cease to exist within the table, within the chair, within the world at large, the world would return to its original state of absolute nothingness, as if the six days of creation never took place. That's what the Baal Shem Tov explains. And that becomes a fundamental concept in belief in the creation of God, how he created the world. It, it serves as a foundational understanding of how the entire world depends on God's creative force and therefore the world is not an independent being that can do it at once. It connects to the concept of Hashkacha Pratit. Everything is by divine the providence because everything is kept alive by the divine spark and so on and so forth. This idea is brought out in some of the words of our prayers, which we say every single day in the morning prayer. That we said God recreates and renews, we use the word chidush, renews the creation every single day. But one other beautiful thing that comes out of this is an amazing concept. And that is what they would call today the freshness of every moment. If God recreates the universe every moment so that means that every moment there's a newness there's a newness to that moment there's a newness to that experience there's a newness which allows us to be disconnected from the toxicity of the past not to get trapped in what this moment or what this experience or what this relationship looked like yesterday because today it's something completely new and therefore, when you want to bounce back, we want to ex- experience re- resilience in any kind of experience. We want to renew a relationship, we want to renew a focus, we want to renew or let go of a distraction. This is the most powerful reflection to have. As soon as we feel ourselves being drawn down by the previous moment, by the previous day, by the challenge of the toxicity, the, the failures, of yesterday and we hang on to it and we ruminate over these thoughts we need to shift our mindset and remember every, every moment is new every moment is fresh this moment has nothing to do with yesterday it's a beautiful world it's a new existence it's something completely fresh with a clean slate that I can make work now of course it needs to be developed just a little bit because of course in Jewish thought as we've explained many times we don't just let go of the past as if the past doesn't exist. The past surely exists. The past exists as a learning tool. We don't just disregard the past. That is different to what often is talked about in modern day mindfulness. 
where this is the only moment. It's not the only moment, it's a string of moments. Each breath is not the only breath, it's a string of breaths, but it's new. And therefore we do consider the past and the future. In Jewish thinking, the past is very important because it's a teaching tool. The past is very important because we might have done things which we need to fix. We might have hurt people which we need to ask forgiveness for. We might have ruined things which we have to take responsibility for. So of course, we consider the past. But we consider the past as much as it's relevant to what I have to do in the present. Here's the point. If I need to know what I need to do now, I learn from the past or I fix the past. But the past is only a teaching. The past has to be there to inform what I have to do now. But what I have to do now cannot be tracked in the challenges of the past. And the simple gauge to know which one it is, to know are we learning from the past or are we, or are we being trapped in the past, is very simple. Whenever we, want, whenever we want to be fully present in a moment, whenever we want to be fully present in the now, and we're drawn down and we riddle with guilt about something that we did yesterday or we're ruminating over a failure that, that happened to us yesterday, and so on and so forth, the gauge is very simple. If you're learning from the past and you're inspiring the present and therefore you're fully driven and motivated to be fully involved and immersed in the present now and to make it work in the best possible way, then you're handling the past in a healthy way because you're understanding that the past informs the present but the present is a new moment. It's a new creation. It's something that God has created from fresh. The way we respond to that, we learn from the past but it's with complete and utter absorption in what we're doing now. But if we find that by thinking about what we can learn from yesterday is stopping us to do what what we're supposed to do now. If the guilt that we have from yesterday's conflict or yesterday's decision is something that's paralyzing me now from getting on with what I'm supposed to do now which is things of meaning and purpose and I just cannot sort of get myself into what the present because I'm drawn down by the past then the past is not informing the present the past is trapping the present. Very simple gauge. That's a simple question we ask ourselves. What is learning from yesterday doing for the now? Is it driving it better? Then that's great. Is it holding it back? Then we tra- we're trapped in the past that we need to let go. So I want to just share that with you because this idea from the Baal Shem Tov about every moment being new, every moment being recreated besides its philosophical consequences of how we believe in God and divine providence and so on and so forth, it also creates that beautiful approach. The person that I fought with yesterday is a different person. I can forgive yesterday and now as a different person I can renew the relationship. The baggage of yesterday is only belongs to yesterday. Today is a new day, it's a fresh day. And therefore I can make it work. So let's just internalize that a little bit and close your eyes when you're ready. Let's think about that. Let's begin by turning our attention to our breathing. Just for a few moments, really try and focus on each breath. Each time we inhale, each time we exhale. Perhaps for a few moments, just consciously pay attention to the way the breathing is working. 
be conscious of the beginning of the breath, the exhale, how it comes to a stop, and there's a split break between its stop and the beginning of a new breath. Try that just for a few moments. Notice when you're doing that how every breath is distinct from the other. Every breath we take comes to an end before the next one starts. Every breath is fresh. Every breath we take is new, a new infusion of life. This reflects the soul of creation. Every moment it's a new world, a new experience, a new relationship, a new beginning. irrespective of what happened in the last few minutes, this moment is a limitless opportunity. I can make it work. I can fill it with meaning. I can put myself completely into it. Its opportunity is endless. It's a new, clean, pure creation. Just like each breath, so to each creative moment. I will learn from yesterday, but not be trapped in yesterday. Yesterday will inform me, but not paralyze me. So hold on to this thought, and this is something to revisit throughout the day. Whenever we get frazzled, whenever we get distracted, stop, close your eyes for a moment. Think of the newness of each moment. Think about God creating the world every second. It's a new world, a new moment. Let go of yesterday. Let go of your last moment. And be fully present in the now. So uh, we'll stop there. Wish everyone a, a, wonderful, a, wonderful, uh, a wonderful day and a meaningful day and a day of presence.